I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 586 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got an awesome guest for you guys today. Kevin Sorbo joins me on the podcast. I had the honor of sitting down with Hercules himself, actor Kevin Sorbo. I met him down in Florida at CPAC. Kevin is well known for starring as Hercules in the smash hit TV series, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. Kevin is also very well known for his role as Captain Dylan Hunt in the space opera TV series Andromeda. He has starred in movies such as God's Not Dead and Let There Be Light. Kevin is one of many actors who have been more or less blackballed by Hollywood for daring to be a conservative. This has not stopped Kevin in any way from staying active in front of the camera. He has got a bunch of upcoming projects. He's going to talk about all that and so much more. He's a wonderful family man and a first-class father all the way. My interview with Kevin Sorbo live from CPAC is straight ahead. And of course, the interview at CPAC with Kevin Sorbo was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And Kevin Sorbo is one of many acting dads that have stopped by the podcast here. Most recently, I also had Josh Peck, Barry Watson, Parker Young, and Theo Rossi. If you'd like to check out some of the other conservative dads I've had on the podcast, I had Superman himself, Dean Kane, on the podcast, as well as David A.R. White, quite a few others. So please go through the archives and check them all out. And do not forget my new book, First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads, is now available for pre-order over on Amazon. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Be sure you guys are following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. I got some great ones coming your way soon. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit me with a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show to see us celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Kevin Sorbo. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Live at CPAC here, uh, First Class Fatherhood. We got First Class Father Kevin Sorbo. Thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time. My pleasure, my pleasure. All right, let's start just like this. How many kids do you have? How old are you? Got three. I got my boys are 20 and 17, almost 18, and my daughter is 16. Wow, very cool. So take me back to the beginning then. You said in the 20s. So how old were you about when you became a dad, and how did that experience change your oh, perspective? I was, I was old. I was I was a holdout in my family. So uh, I, uh, I was 38. So uh, I, I, I don't know. I just... I, I was that guy that said, wait a minute, I haven't met her yet. So then when Sam came into my life uh, on the set of Hercules, we kind of, Spark was the biggest I've ever had, and that's how it happened. But uh, I I always wanted kids. It was always the game plan. In fact, I regret that we stopped at three. I wish we had more than that. I, I love it. Well, I got four. We stopped and we got our girl. We had three boys, then got the girl, and we yeah. called it quits there. Otherwise, we'd, be, we'd still be well. I'm, I'm one of four boys and one sister in the middle, so. Very cool. What would you consider to be the top values you hope to instill in all your kids growing up? Um, certainly like what my parents did to me, let alone, you know, faith is always a big thing in my family. Uh, another big thing is uh, is hard work. Just work hard. That's something my dad always instilled in all of us. He was an only child growing up on a farm in Iowa, so he had this hard work ethic about him. And uh, there's something we never gave up. And also, the other thing is uh, to never let anyone set their limitations, I said, especially yourself. I said, you got to work hard. You got to have it. You have a dream. Go for the dream. As corny as that sounds, too many people give up. People fail and they give up right away. 
I learned something. I used to caddy at this private country club when I was in college. I asked some of these guys, how do you make money? So how do you guys become successful? I said, I failed, and I failed, and I failed. And Hollywood prepared me for that because I failed. I'm a 13-year overnight success in Hollywood. I never gave up. I had a goal. I had a vision, and I stuck with it. And I think people need to learn that there are going to be roadblocks in life, and you got to put up with them. That's, it just happens. Deal with them in a positive way. I agree. I love that message. But, Kevin, too, you talk about Hollywood. I think that's part of the issue that we're yeah. having here. I think that there's an attack on the family unit. Like we talk about America uncanceled at CPAC here, but I think the family units have been canceled. And a part of that, too, is the way we portray dads on TV. And in the movies, we see dad as that weak role. Every, that weak almost every sitcom, the dad is a buffoon, an idiot, he's chunky, he's out. I mean, he's, the, the kids make fun of him. So we've been teaching kids for generations, make fun of your parents, especially your dad. Right. We don't see that role of, like, Michael Landon in Little House on the Prairie, no. that strong father. Even that Mike Brady yeah. from the Brady Bunch is a guy that wasn't yeah. the buffoon. We, we turned the corner somewhere with, like, Al Bundy, and we've never yeah. come back, you know? So, uh, it's true. I think there's been an issue with that. I would love to see that. And also, you talked about your faith. I think if we could just strengthen the family units and bring God back into our families and into our society, 90% of this nonsense we're seeing would start to go away. There's no question it would go away. I also, I also have people look, if you're in a bad neighborhood, don't yell at me racist. I don't care if it's a white neighborhood, a Hispanic neighborhood, a black neighborhood. If you're in a bad neighborhood and your car breaks down and it's one in the morning, you saw four guys walking at your car. I bet you'd be relieved as they got closer and closer to you that you saw they had Bibles in their hands. They're, they're coming back from a Bible study. Even if you're an atheist, you would kind of go, oh, okay. You would feel, why would you feel better about that? Because you know, if you have a Christian upbringing, you have a, a strong belief in faith, God, love, family, all those things. Nobody's perfect. I'm hardly a perfect person. But you know, right then and there, in that sort of situation, you're probably in a much safer situation you would be if those four guys walking out streets and guns. Yeah, and, and just to your point there, if you see a neighborhood that's full of crime, full of uh, homelessness, uh, full of drug use, that's a neighborhood that has a high percentage of fatherless households. Because no all question. the statistics fall more late with that. No question. 80% and in the black community, 80% kids are raised without a father. And that was that was us at the other tune back in the politics in 1964. The Democrat Party, LBJ, passed the Welfare Reform Act that said we will take care of the black community, the females, but you can't have a man in the house. They have the highest, highest, they have the lowest percentage of divorces. Now they have the highest percent. It was a whole different thing. And it's because of what the Democrat Party did. Yeah, it's a shame. And you know what? It, it, it affects all, all, all races because it's like it, 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 the white families, the Hispanic are all affected by not having yeah. a dad in home. If you look at the Asian community, the, Asian the community white community is about 50%. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. But the Asian community has a high, high percentage of together parents yes, and, they and they have a low and you see low rock crime rates yeah. low suicide rates and all poorly successful rates in careers successful uh right. education. Money Unbelie that's unbelievable right. and i think a lot of that is due to the family structure no question no question all right so then turning it back into you as a dad here kevin what type of disciplinarian were you as a dad and is that different than the discipline style you grew up with probably i i never you know my dad was big in spankings things like that uh, we never got into that, but we got we were very stern with the kid, kids when they did, did things wrong. And uh, I was I was the type of guy that was pretty low key about it. When the kids when I if I get mad, if they get to the point of making me mad, they know it. Because I can get real quiet and they they can see it in my eyes that it's time to be serious time and we're gonna go up and talk about this. Because we're very direct with the kids. My wife's very tough with them as well, and I think that's great. My kids, I gotta tell you, between the homeschooling between the jobs they've been doing on their own at such young ages, the drive they have, I know has been instilled by both my wife and I. And uh, we, we shower them with love. 
positive attitudes. Uh, home education, like I said, is a big thing with us as well. But um, I, I'm very proud of what's going on with kids. And I see one of the blessings of COVID is people are finally waking up. Parents know how bad our public education system is. And uh, I believe I heard a little over 2 million kids now, more kids are now being homeschooled because they saw crappy our public education system that yanked them out. Yeah, definitely. A big, I think people were able to look yeah. over their shoulder and see the material they were learning. A question on that, then, about the homeschooling. What was their experience like after the homeschooling, going into college or to the next level? What well, was my, like? my 20-year-old has no interest in college. He's kind of uh, he's school of hard knocks. He's following my footsteps in terms of, I went to college, but he's following my footsteps in terms of wanting to be an actor, wanting to be an entrepreneurial guy. He's got his own little business going. He does very well. He's got 2 million followers on social media. He's, uh, he's he's pretty out there in a positive way. Well, one thing, Kevin, I know just from doing interviews with guys like Eric Trump and Mike Pompeo, when I put those interviews out, I get destroyed on social media just because I have mud. You, as a conservative in Hollywood, how has that experience been for you? How hard is it for you to get jobs well, and do things like that? Hollywood pretty much booted me out, but they don't, they don't owe me nothing. I'm not mad at that. I mean, I don't harbor that hate and anger Hollywood does. I mean, they hate me for being a conservative. They hate me for being a Christian. I go, why do you hate me for it? I don't hate you for being whatever you may be. To me, it's like I'm a live and let live guy. They love their labels, and I throw stuff out there. But the last 10 years, I've really been on my own, which is fine. Sorbostudios.com, doing my own movies, raising my own money, getting my own crews together. I've been very fortunate. But it's not through my production company. I've got other people and like-minded people that come to me and say, hey, we want to work with you. Because Hollywood, they can attack me all they want. But the reality is everybody I've worked with in Hollywood they're going to say I'm a good guy because I am a good guy. I was never a pain in the butt on the set. I was professional. I know my lines. I know my mark. I'm, I just I work with everybody. I don't think I'm better than somebody else. I'm there to do a job like all the other people on both sides of the camera. Well, the interesting thing now, Kevin, is that Hollywood doesn't hold the keys anymore because now people have other outlets to get sure. themselves exposure. What kind of advice do you have for the parent out there that has a kid interested in pursuing an acting career? What would you say? Then? Which way would you steer? Um, don't be afraid to be a... Don't be afraid to follow that dream for one thing, but also don't be afraid to uh, ruffle some feathers because you're going to. We're all going to hit roadblocks in life. It doesn't matter what I say. I'm going to get half the people that hate me for it, the other half won't. It's like being a referee in a game. You call it holding in football, right? That wasn't holding. The other guys, hell yeah, I was holding. You know, so it's, it, you got to get past the fact that I'm worried about being offended by, by what, what, what these trolls have to say out there because I know who these trolls are. I don't know who they are. They know who I am. These guys that attack me and cancel culture, these are people that are miserable people. They hate their lives, hate their jobs, hate their relationships if they have one. These are people that have given up on life and they feel better. They think they're going to feel better by being more angry towards people like you or people like me. In reality, um, that's where the old ad, ad is, misery loves company, right? right. Well, they're not going to get my company ever. I'm still going to be who I am and I'm going to still... Uh, uh, make them angry in my Twitter account. Go to Case Orbs. <laughs> you know what's interesting is there's a lot of young people here at CPAC. It's encouraging to see. Yeah, it's why, great. Why do you think so much of the young generation is so drawn to that socialism, to AOC, to Bernie Sanders? Yeah. Why, why are they so drawn to that, you think, the young I, people? I, you mean to be drawn to the socialism? Yeah. Because they, this, they've been learned to grow that way through our public education system, through our universities, through media, through television and movies. Walt Disney said in the 1950s that he said, movies and television will influence our youth. I think they've been influenced. So that's why you see it. But I, I'm also seeing a lot of young kids that are waking up, too. They're waking up. Because I had a different... My parents were, 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 were Democrats. First time I voted, 1980, I voted for Ronald Reagan. So I, I learned early. And most of my friends from Minnesota, which unfortunately is turning into California with the horrible people there... Um, uh, all my buddies in my age group and you know in the 40 to 50 group 50 to 60 group they're all all conservative 
one, one other point on, on Hollywood there, Kevin, is they're always the quickest ones to say they want gun control, gun reform. They're big on that. But yet they can't seem to make a single movie without gun violence and, in it. Shouldn't Hollywood at some point take a stand and say, we're not going to show any more gun violence? They're hypocrites. They love violence. They pretend they're against violence. They love violence. They want to be the ones that, oh, we care so much more than you care. No, they don't. They love anger. They love divisiveness. They love hatred. They love murder. They love violence. And uh, they can deny it all they want, but they do. If they really, the people had cared, then when you march through the streets of D.C. with uh, when you're pro-choice, be nice about it. Or they're not nice. They're angry and shouting and just just and leaving crap all. I mean, I heard enough about what those walks look like afterwards, what the streets look like. You don't get that from the pro-life people. And even the celebration of it. It's one thing to argue the point, but celebrate, to celebrate the point that you're yeah. ending a life. For me, they lit the, not the World Trade Center up, they, the Freedom Tower. They lit it up pink in New York in a celebration of the bill that allows yeah. death to, up, the, up yeah. to the birth. It's yeah. just crazy. It's one thing to be on that side, but to be out and cheering about it, killing yeah. the infant, that to me doesn't I make I killed sense. the baby. I'm so right. happy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm taking my pills to kill the baby. It's, it's pretty it's sad. Nice. All right, so what projects you're working on now? I know you got a few in the can here. What are what's coming out? What are you working um, on? I got the Reagan movie coming out. I play uh, the pastor. I play the pastor of Dennis Quaid's Reagan. I've got two movies I directed coming out. One's called Left Behind: Rise of the Antichrist, based on the famous books. Another one is called uh, Miracle in East Texas. Amazing movie. Lou Gossett Jr. is in it. John Ratzenberger's in it. I in it. I'm in it. I direct it. There'll be all these things will come out later in the year. And I got a documentary called Eating with the Enemy. Eating with the enemy. Eating on a deal. It's a, I love the title. It deals with the Last Supper and the, the disciples. So it's pretty fascinating. I got three movies lined up this year. A little nervous about one because one shoots World War II movie in Poland. I think in the next couple of months, there might be World War Three into Poland. So right. it's pretty sad what's going on. It is very sad. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. Well, we got, it looks like you're still busy. So good Thank for you. you. Last thing I want to hit you in here, Kevin. I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. Sure. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Um, well, for starters, uh, if you know you're having a child, your wife's having a child, what's amazing to me is the amount of love and protection you have for that baby inside the stomach of your wife that you haven't seen yet. And once that kid is born, it's amazing how quickly you will kill anybody that tries to hurt that baby. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's a whole, as my wife admits it, it's a whole different kind of love. It's a whole kind of different devotion. I loved every stage of their lives. I missed the baby stage. I missed all that stuff. Because really, as a parent, you've got those kids up until they hit about 13 years old, 14. And there's a change. And the reason it changes is I'm talking about their independence. If you've been a good person to those kids and raised them right, they're still going to love you. But you see the independence, and there's less need for you to be around. And that is, that's kind of hard to get used to. <laughs> because I, but we grew, you know, that's our job as parents, is to make them independent. Make them leave the house one day to create their own life. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Kevin Sorbo, you're a first class father all the way. Thanks for being here. See your time. God bless. Thank you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Kevin Sorbo for giving me a few minutes of his time down at CPAC there. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Don't forget, my new book, First Class Fatherhood, Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads, is now available for pre-order over on Amazon. So much of the great advice and wisdom given out by all the dads right here on the podcast is now available in the book that launches on April 12th. Get over and pre-order your copy today on Amazon. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. 
That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Your half-truths and tales as tall as a